thank you so much to our audience for joining us today. And um, as you all know, we're doing a series called Victim to Victor. Um, so also welcome, welcome to all of you. And we're very grateful that you took your time or took the time in your busy schedule to join us tonight. I want to give you a little, um, little snippets of a victim mentality as opposed to a victim mentality. So victim mentality is basically when someone says, I cannot succeed because everyone is against me. And people with that sort of mentality will actually look on the outside. They find excuses for everything instead of actually um, doing things very differently. I will actually give you the rundown of a victim mentality. Also will um, have the outside influence is actually the strongest in their life, in their lifestyle. And a victim mentality is basically when someone says, I will succeed no matter what. No matter how bad the situation is, you will still overcome all of that. Sometimes it is easier said, and said than done, but we have people that live that lifestyle and they will tell us how they manage to overcome it. So all we, we all can learn and heal together. Look inwards. When you actually live in uh, or actually um, dive in, inside internally, you learn to actually find that inner strength. Always find a way, no matter what difficulties they're going through, whatever challenges they're going through. And also, internal influence helps them to overcome those challenges. Our guest for today, um, let me just give you a little um, snippet about her as well. So she's a graduate with an honors degree in finance from UKZN. For our international guests, UKZN is actually an acronym, which means University of KwaZulu-Natal, KwaZulu KZN in short. She has held various leadership roles and, um, well, at companies such as Sunlum, Discovery, Citibank, and FNB. She was the youngest female in South Africa, manage and operate three large-scale solar projects. She describes herself as compassionate, a practitioner of bhakti yoga, which entails mantra meditation. She's an ardent traveler, nature lover, fearless, and a student of life. So please help me in welcoming our guest for today, She's actually a very special guest because she's also my friend and I am so honored to actually um, speak with her on this platform and introduce you to her and basically um, allow you to actually get into her life. She's going to be actually taking you into her life through her journey. So welcome Chiksoli Dasi. We are so honored and we are so privileged to actually have you here. So guys, if you are um, you're already online, please do us a favor and share this live stream. After this talk for today, I am going to be uploading this talk onto um, YouTube. You will actually, uh, it'll be much more easier for you to actually find the videos on YouTube and on my podcast. So please also do us a favor and join all the social platforms. I have everything on uh, Facebook, so you can, it'll be very easy for you to join us and yeah, just follow us and see what we're up to. And again, thank you, Iksoli. Um, we are so grateful to be here. Okay, uh, so firstly, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and I'm, I'm laughing because um, I've been a part of Mindful Trinity right from the beginning. Um, and I remember telling Vaishnavi, uh, you know, dude, this is going to turn out to be really huge. Um, and it's going to turn it to, to be the Vaishnavi show um, because she was doing such amazing work in helping to heal people um, in terms of the body, mind and soul. So, yeah, I'm actually honored to be here. Thank you so much for the kind and beautiful words. And again, I think it's actually like attracts like. And because you have the same positive mentality and that is why we gel. So, yes, I'm very grateful that you are one of my friends in the real world as well. <laughs> So, um, can you please enlighten us or basically take us through what values were instilled in you as a child? Okay, um, so like most children in the 1980s and 1990s, um, I grew up in a conservative and a very traditional family. Um, so some of the values that were in, uh, instilled in me was honesty, integrity, accepting responsibility from a very young age, um, compassion, having fun, motivation, and, and being kind. Um, both my parents worked, so as a result, after school and weekends were devoted to spending time with my sister and I. So there was lots of quality time, um, and you know, like my parents taught us how to play Monopoly, to see the time, teach us how to see the time at a very young age, you know, how to cook and bake with my mom, or we were always like flying kites um, on the beach with my dad. Um, but however, during the week, um, it was also a very serious time. Um, my parents put a lot of emphasis on academics and doing well at school. Um, and I actually remember a lot of teachers from that era saying that, um, saying things like, you know, if you don't work hard enough, you'll, you'll end up as a street sweeper. Um, as, you know, as if that was the worst thing in the world. Um, or you'd often find people hearing uh, people say, you know, if you're not a teacher, a doctor, or, or a lawyer, you haven't made it, you know, as if that was the benchmark for success. Um, something else that was taboo in my family, um, and I think many other families at that time, was um, speaking about your feelings. Um, so having a family meeting was almost unheard of. So if there was a huge elephant on the table or some obvious problem, um, you know, it would get pushed aside and we definitely did not speak about it. Um, in that time, uh, it was, you know, like your parents made the decisions and children just accepted it. Um, and, I, and I can still remember my mom's voice in my head saying, you know, um, you know, be a good girl and make sure that you follow all the norms because can you imagine what the people will say? Uh, if you mess up. So, you know, like up till today, I'm still trying to find out who these people are that uh, we had to achieve all these materially tangible things for in order to be recognized as successful. Um, so as a result of that upbringing, um, I achieved success very early in life. Um, I was always top of my class in school. I was head prefect in high school. I was a member of various societies. Um, you know, basically I had everything going for me. Um, and then again, also when I, when I started to uni uh, university and then later started a career, uh, I, I, I landed myself in a middle management role uh, with one of the biggest insurers in the country. And so that's something unheard of for a, for a 22 year old. You know, you usually start off as an analyst and then you work yourself up to being a team leader and then a manager. So not for me, um, I, I sat on, you know, the as a member of various boards and 
I had the opportunity to travel locally and, and internationally very frequently. Um, so in my 20s, I could say that I had ticked off so many things off my bucket list already. Um, I'd owned and freed my own home and I drove a sports car, etc. Um, you know, but, and, and it seemed as if, the, you know, my path was already paved for me. But something interesting happened um, at the height of all of this, at the height of all this so-called success, um, you know, it, it obviously brought me a lot of attention from my friends and family, um, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And um, deep down inside, I felt like something was missing. Wow, it's actually um, quite, quite intense. And I think, as you mentioned, in the, in the late uh, or the 1980s, a lot of us that grew up in that era did experience almost the same things or maybe very uh, actually the same things. Yes, I think every Indian mother, uh, up till today, they always say, what will the people think? And uh, also, I'm trying to find out who these people are. Maybe they are on Facebook and they can let us know who they are. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's actually very nicely said. And it's actually very nice to also be, uh, I mean, be very, how could I say it in better words, choose our words and also not just choosing the words, being very present and knowing what you're saying before you say it. And I think in, in life, we, we tend to neglect ourselves by worrying what others think of us. And we should just, okay, I, I know a lot of people actually live their lives like that, but it's actually not the right way. Life is too short and we should not worry about everyone else. Taking care of our inner self is the most important thing. Could you share some of your challenges that you experienced? Um, okay, so when I was 29, um, my, my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Um, okay, actually, let me just rewind a little bit. Um, when I was 17, my father was diagnosed with a very serious illness. And at 17, that was very difficult for me to process. Um, you know, you were in your matric year and there's so much of pressure to do well. There's your matric dance. Um, there's big decisions to make about the next year, you know, after the schooling system spat you out. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I actually felt very lost and alone and depressed. And I kept thinking that my dad was going to die within the next year. Mm -hmm. And there was no Google in those days. So I couldn't actually, you know, search for answers. And uh, I didn't have much of a support system. And I definitely could not ask my mom or dad you know, what was going on or, or for more details. Um, so when my mother was diagnosed with cancer when I was 29, um, it was like having the rug pulled off from under my feet all over again. Um, it was like living in a time bomb, you know, you, you don't know when this person's going to die. Um, it was already at stage four at that time. And actually, when I was 30, she did pass away. Um, and that left a huge void in my life. Um, you know, there's a saying that goes that no matter how old you are, um, nobody will ever be prepared for the death of a parent. Um, and especially when it comes to your mother, because the mother is the person that holds the whole family together. Um, you know, and she's that person that's always rooting for you and she will always be on your side no matter what. Um, so when my mom died, I actually distanced myself from my father and my sister, um, who were obviously dealing with and processing her death in their own way. Um, so in years following her death, I actually began to self-destruct. Um, I stayed in and endured unhealthy relationships 
way past their expiration date. I got into narcissistic relationships and you know, this took a further toll on me. Um, I lost confidence in myself. I wasn't true to myself or my values anymore. Um, I continued taking very stressful jobs um, that made me feel more miserable. I lost friends um, and I became very distant from loved ones at the time. And about two years ago, um, in 2018, just when you think it can't get any worse, I actually got retrenched. And months following that, um, I, I looked for a job ardently and I, couldn't, I still couldn't find employment. And um, that took a huge impact on my ego because I had always been used to being successful and you know, having things my way. So at that time, I felt very worthless and purposeless and stupid, you know, as if my, my self-worth was dependent on a job or a title. And I felt like my independence was taken away and I, I didn't know which way to go. And then on top of that, um, the person that I was dating for a few years, um, we decided to end a relationship. And following that, I also had to make another tough decision. And that was to ask my dad to leave my house, which he was staying in at the time. So, you know, I was dealing with a lot of guilt, but at the same time, I, you know, I needed to take care of myself and, and it's a long story, but yeah, you get the gist. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had to go through a lot of challenging things at once. And just after a month of all of that happening, um, I went into the hospital for, for a very serious procedure. And I remember the doctor told me the night before, um, you know, please come with an Uber or get a friend to pick you up um, because you'll be highly sedated uh, due to this procedure. And, you know, you definitely would not be able to drive. And in my mind, I just laughed. <laughs> I was thinking, this doctor doesn't know me. I, I'm definitely going to drive myself there and I'm going to drive myself back. And to top it all, um, they give you this little form and they ask you who's your next of kin before they do an operation. And I'd actually put my second cell phone number. I, I didn't even put a next of kin because nobody actually knew I was in hospital and I didn't want anybody to get scared in case something serious did actually happen to me. Um, so yeah, um, again, um, after the procedure, it, it actually didn't go well. And um, I remember being, you know, um, I couldn't even stand, stand up still. I didn't know how to use my phone and I, I couldn't do anything for myself. And um, then the doctor said, you know, you have to leave right now. So, you know, who can you call? So I didn't even know how to use my phone. And I, I just handed him the phone and said, call Nisha, you know, uh, find, find out in my contacts and call Nisha. So that's what he did. And he handed the phone back to me. Um, and then I just said, Nisha, um, I'm, I'm at Life Forways Hospital. Um, just come and get me, please. And I, and I hung up. And, and you could hear the fear in her voice, you know, the shock and, you know, why is she in hospital? What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, but being the kind mother that she is and a friend to me, you know, she just got in her car and she got there. And I'll never forget, um, you know, like her son, Yeshin, sitting in the front seat of the car, just looking at me with his head shaken and shocked. Uh, because I was crying uncontrollably and I was delirious and speechless. And, and he thought that maybe I had done something to myself. So, you know, at the same time, he was also very, very angry with me. So that night I literally, uh, Nisha literally gave me a bath and put me to bed. And I, I think I stayed there for a day or two. Um, and then after that, she suggested that I go home. So I remember starting to cry all over again. And, and I told her, please don't send me back home. Um, I don't want to face my big spooky house and um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be alone. 
and she just hugged me and she said, you know, um, this house is always open for you. You're always welcome here, but at some stage, you're going to have to face the world and your problems. So, you know, go and, go and deal with it. And, um, you know, she, at the same time, her door will be open. So I remember going home that night feeling extremely hopeless, uh, helpless, like there was no purpose in my life. There was no reason to go on or wake up the next morning. And, um, you know, there was no mother to comfort me. And, and for me, that was the rock bottom moment in my life. Wow. It's actually, um, the person that actually don't, don't really get lost for words. I'm actually lost for words. It's really a story and you actually overcame so much and you're here today to basically let us into your life and show us that you can survive anything and life on this material planet is basically at every step that we take is danger. But with, the, with those lessons that you actually went through, you overcame all of that and you're taking the lesson through it. And that's why you're here today to actually teach us um, so thank you. Thank you. You're not just my friend. I think you're also my teacher right now. Uh, yeah, I'm very grateful again. And I think I'm always going to be uh, thanking you for just being here to actually share this. I would say knowledge as well, because experience is the best teacher. So what would you say was the turning point in your life? Um, okay, so there's actually something very positive about hitting rock bottom. Mm. And that's you know, there's, there's only one direction you can go from there, um, and, and that is up. So um, it was at that point in my life that actually a friend of mine told me um, that we get exactly what we want in life. And to me, that didn't make sense initially. You know, um, I initially thought, how could I have wanted my mother to die? How could I have wanted to detach from my father? Um, how could I have actually wanted to lose my job? Um, and how could I have actually wanted, you know, a romantic relationship to end when I was having a lot of fun? Um, so the first thing that was suggested to me at that time was that I see a counselor. And being unemployed, um, a friend of mine, um, Raksha, took me to, she set up an appointment at the police station uh, so that I could see a professional psychologist. And I had to make the commitment to, be, to go once or twice a week for a few months. And um, I remember seeing the police in, in a whole different light. You know, like previously, you'd see them in a very judgmental, scared kind of way, giving you fines and all of that. But they were so understanding. And um, you, you got to see the other side of them, the compassionate side, uh, where they were just like calming you down and giving you water. And I, I remember having a lot of anxiety. And my stomach just continued to churn. Um, I, I couldn't sit still on the first day. And um, so during those sessions, you know, the, the counselor took me back um, to literally baby steps, starting all over again. Um, not worrying about the income and all the big decisions in your life, but like, for instance, I had to commit to drinking two liters of water a day. Um, I had to commit to being in the sun for 30, 30 minutes a day to get vitamin D. Um, I had to commit to walking barefoot in nature and, you know, um, having two nutritious meals a day. So through her help, um, I was slowly able to get back on my feet and um, become a little stronger. 
And I, I began an internal journey, um, which consisted of journaling, reading self-help books. I was always listening to motivational talks on YouTube all day. And I attended all the free seminars that I possibly could on Facebook. And slowly I started decluttering my life and turning inwards and deepening my connection with the higher power. And I started meditating again more seriously. And I also prayed a lot and asked for guidance. Um, and what came out of that was so many deep lessons and realizations. You know, I, I started to see everything that uh, happened to me. And I started to see the reason that this happened to me. And I could see that all of this had to have happened for me to start the next chapter in my life. Um, prior to that, I had been in a huge comfort zone. Um, I, I had actually had everything. And I never appreciated it. Um, I always thought that happiness was on the outside and it was attached to, you know, getting more things materially or tangibly. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I didn't have the courage to change myself at that time, even though my life was very unfulfilling. Um, and, and I think the universe literally had to push me or, you know, take everything away for me to learn this lesson. And um, so I, I learned that, you know, I, I had to lose my mother because we had a very codependent relationship. We, we were best friends and, um, you know, and that prevented me from forming a, a, um, strong bonds with other people, friendships, romantic relationships. You know, she was my person. So if I got invited to a wedding, she would come as my partner and I wouldn't think twice about it, you know, and not thinking that's actually not normal. Mm -hmm. I should take a friend or, you know, a male partner or something like that. Um, so, you know, for the first time after I'd lost her, um, I'd started to seek outside of that relationship for love and trust and commitment. So, you know, I, I gained the lesson there. And in terms of my job, uh, when I lost my job, um, I, I realized later on that actually it wasn't much of a loss because I'd always wanted to have a life of meaning. And um, sitting behind a desk in a nine to five job in finance wasn't, wasn't cutting it for me. Um, and not finding a job, no matter how hard I tried, pushed me into starting my own business, uh, which added so much more fulfillment in, uh, to my life and meaning. And it's also given me so much more flexibility with my time. Um, and in terms of my losses with relationships and friendships, um, I realized that I had outgrown some of those connections a long time ago and I was still holding on. Um, so when I sat back, I began to see how many, I, I began to see how many values you know, that I was brought up with and instilled um, that I actually lost. I lost pieces of my character in order to please other people. Mm -hmm. And I was so good at compromising that in the end, I couldn't even recognize myself. You know, I, I couldn't recognize the person I had become. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And like you said, seeing rock bottom is actually... I would say it's actually a very good thing, not just a bad thing, because when you hit rock bottom, like you said, there's no other way to go. There's no any other direction but to go up. And also, when you when you leave the, your comfort zone, that's when you actually start living. And I mean, you don't ever grow when you're in your comfort. So you actually did just that. Thank you for sharing all of those um, those lessons, and I mean, all of those. Um, very, very formative experiences that you actually went through. 
what are the signs of victim mentality? I mean, what would you say are the signs of victim mentality? Okay, um, so when something happens in your life, um, there's one of two ways that you can deal with it. One is um, you can choose to become a victim of that circumstance. Or the second is that you could use that experience as a stepping stone. Um, so for a long time, um, you know, I've chosen to be stuck in that mentality as a victim. Oh, I, I, was the, I was the girl that lost her mom and all these bad things were happening to me. Um, but, but, you know, being a victim doesn't really get you anywhere because when you choose to be a victim, you essentially are saying that you are powerless. Um, and that's not true. You are never powerless. Um, it also may afford you a, uh, some amount of attention. Um, but that attention is not long lasting. So people eventually catch up with that and, you know, they, they drop it and they, you, you stop getting the attention. Um, also, I think other aspects of a victim mentality um, is, you know, being hard on yourself and blaming yourself and living with toxic guilt, um, feeling hopeless, feeling like, you know, the world owes you something. So it's actually a very self-centered, um, ego-driven mentality. And it's driven by a lack of self-worth. So for, for example, um, if you had a, a date with a friend tonight, uh, you know, this was set last week and you know, you were all dressed up and you were ready to go. And your friend called you and said, uh, you know, something urgent has come up and I can't make it. So a person in a victim mentality would go inwards and say, oh, okay. I think she's doing that because of me. It's because it's me, it's Chicksoli. Um, and maybe she didn't want to be with, be with me or she doesn't enjoy my company or there's something wrong there. Um, you know, the victim doesn't actually acknowledge that that other person generally could have something else that had come up. Uh, and the, the reality of it is that that date was not canceled. You know, it had nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So um, being in the victim mentality, you know, it keeps you stuck in a loop of negative emotions. Mm -hmm. It's very true. And I like, Ashley, um, you brought that up because a lot of us think we are the person that everything actually revolves around, around us. And like you said, the person may actually go internally and uh, take offense to it. And it's not actually all about them. There's many other external factors that is actually not making or allowing the date to go on. <laughs> so how does one break the mental or, or the victim mentality? Okay, so this is my favorite part. Um, so firstly, mindset is everything. You know, um, you have to go back within and remember who you really were before all of this happened. Um, like I said earlier, like the therapist took me back to baby steps where you're drinking water, you're reminding yourself to, you know, take care of your body. So you've got to remind yourself of things that you enjoyed as a child, whether it was arts and crafts or painting or singing. Um, and you know, try to connect to that. Um, also, you need to take responsibility and you also need to identify the parts of yourself that contributed to the situations that you found yourself in. So it was not always about the other person, you also attracted mm -hmm. those situations. Um, also, I learned to practice um, gratitude. So at the moment I have nothing but love for the so-called people that hurt me, abandoned me, left me, uh, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, they are my biggest teachers. And 
I realize now that they were sent to help me and I have a heart full of, um, of gratitude for them because they came to teach me my, my biggest lessons such as, you know, detachment and what real attachment should be. And in my romantic relationships, I learned to um, love myself so much more and never settle for anything that is not worthy or deserving of my love. Um, I learned to stay true to my values. Um, I also learned one of the other biggest lessons of my life. So anybody that actually knows me or is friends with me, um, you'll know that I'm very liberal with my love and my affection and my time. And I'm always there to listen. And, and even with gifts or whatever it is, I, if you're my friend, I'm all in. Um, but I think that I never really learned how to receive. And that was a huge lesson for me. Um, and up till now, um, you know, I still feel very uncomfortable when somebody gives me a huge bouquet of flowers. Um, but I am, I am starting to become receptive of, of receiving. Um, I also learned that there are no mistakes in life um, and that you're exactly where you need to be. And, you know, if you don't like where you are, then move. Uh, you're not a tree, so you're not stuck. You can take back the power in your life um, and you don't have to settle for being the passenger in your own life. Um, also, there's no such thing as old. So if you feel that you're stuck in the wrong career or the wrong relationship, or you studied the wrong thing, there, there's never too late to change. Um, you know, life is so short and it's, it's too short to be miserable or to live with regrets. And yes, change may be painful, but, uh, and it takes you out of your comfort zone, but then it's also very worth it. If, if you actually think back, you know, when we were 15 or 16, if somebody mentioned somebody in their thirties, um, two things came to mind. One, that person was very old <laughs> and two, um, that person has it all together or should have had it all together by then. That's mm -hmm. what, um, a teenager would think. But, um, actually many of us have already passed 30 or are coming to 30 and you know, that's, that's not true. Uh, 30 is extremely young. And your life is beginning. So there's, you're never too old to change anything that you're not happy with. Mm -hmm. Also, um, you need to stay true to yourself and do what makes you happy. Um, you know, paint outside the lines and don't worry about what the people will think. Um, allow yourself to be vulnerable, you know. Um, you know, take down all those walls that you built protecting yourself. Um, yeah, you know, yes, it did protect you when you needed to be protected. But it also kept away love. And um, so when you, when you open up and you become vulnerable, you also open yourself up to, to love and um, all that fulfillment that, that, that makes life um, happy. Um, also, something else that I learned was that, you know, what others think of you is um, none of your business. Um, and I'm, I'm going to share something very, uh, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable now. And I'm going to share some uh, personal detail of my life. Um, so I've, all, all, I've often been labeled as a snob and an attractive snob at times as well. Uh, or she thinks too much of herself or like I've heard guys, um, after they become my friend say that you were never somebody that I would think of approaching because, you know, you look like you had it all together or, you know, you, yeah, you, um, you were looking down upon others. And so what I would like to share is that I, I actually suffer from a condition called low latent inhibition um, and actually it has nothing to do with inhibition so basically for example um, okay let's just take this 
emoji pillow. So an average person will just see, um, you know, an emoji pillow, mm. but I don't see an emoji pillow. I see the emoji pillow and I see everything else. I see that the eyes are not symmetrical. Um, the line on his lip isn't painted straight. Um, I can see the exact shade of pink on his lips. Uh, my mind is wondering what it's filled with and how it's going to provide support and not become flat. And I also want to know the beginning and end, like how was this thing stuffed and wh at which particular hole did they close it? You know, I can't see that hole and it's, it's, and that's, and that's how my mind works. So for a lot of people, um, you know, I, I was judged and, um, I, I even heard people say to me, I know I saw you in the mall last week. You looked directly at me and you, and you didn't say hi, you just ignored me. Um, but, but I just want to let people know that I'm not ignoring you. There's, there's so much going on in my head, um, that I, I'm often, you know, missing these things, uh, because I'm, because I'm always analyzing. Uh, but fortunately for me, it's, 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 it is a condition that um, can be treated, it is treated, and it's under control. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm not wearing a label on my forehead all the time saying that I have low latent inhibition. Um, and previously, you know, um, I had a very hard time when people commented and, you know, I was never good enough for some people. And for other people, I was just too much. And, and right now I'm in a space where I'm, I'm actually comfortable with that. I've, I've made peace with everything. Um, one other lesson that I can share with you is, you know, you also need to learn to build rock bottom confidence. Um, you need to surround yourself with loving and positive people and, um, you know, be happy with the small things in life. You know, don't wait for things to be taken away before you learn this lesson and, you know, learn to ask for help. Um, learn to learn that not everything is in your control. You know, certain things are in your locus of control. Certain things are not. And li life is going to go on tomorrow, whether you wake up or not. Your loved ones are still going to be cared for and uh, everything is going to go on according to plan. So, you know, it's not all up to you. So learn to let go of it. And um, lastly, you know, yeah, again, you, you know, you're not a superwoman. So I remember a teacher in primary school tell me, um, you know, and it stuck throughout my head all throughout these year, years. Um, she said, you know, it's okay to have a down day. It's actually okay to even have one or two or three down days. Um, it's perfectly normal to stay in bed and wear pajamas and eat cake and, and feel totally sorry for yourself. You know, we live in a society that puts so much of pressure on us to be happy all the time and positive all the time. And actually, I think that that can be very draining and it certainly is unrealistic and toxic. So, you know, one or two days you can allow yourself up, but then after that, you know, you have to pick yourself up, uh, dust yourself off and, and move on. However, if you know, if you feel like this is lasting more than that time, then, then you need to start asking for help. Uh, and don't be embarrassed and w worry about what people think. Um, you owe it to yourself to show up in your own life. Mm -hmm. So get the help that you need. Thank you for all of that. Very informative information and very, very needed, in, especially in this day and age. Because like you said, we, we tend to think um, about everybody else, what they might be thinking about you, but sometimes they don't even think anything bad of you. It's just you, your mind is actually playing games on you. So we actually come to the end of our discussion. Before I actually recap everything, I wanna also mention to our audience, uh, I'm gonna be opening the floor to you to ask Chiksoli any, anything that you have in your mind, uh, something that you're experiencing and you want to advise or anything for that, uh, for that matter. I did see a lot of you are engaging with us. Thank you for that. 
and you're leaving very beautiful messages for her, she will actually go on um, after this talk and she can actually uh, read all of that and engage with you guys as well. So just to recap today, I tried to take down as much notes as I could, but if I took down all of it, we'll have another discussion. <laughs> so yeah, Chiksoli mentioned honesty, kindness, fun, quality time, positivity, and, ac and academics were some of the things or some of the values that were instilled in her as a child. The challenges that um, she experienced was basically she just thought she was not true to herself during those challenging times. When she hit rock bottom, um, that is actually one of the, the uh, well, the challenges that she experienced and only, and she, well, through that, uh, that challenge, she, she actually learned there's only one direction after hitting rock bottom and that is up. What also helped her during those uh, challenging years, journaling, self-help books, turning inwards, connecting with the higher power, meditating more seriously than ever. And when you're actually in that victim mentality, you basically think, or you basically want more attention and if people are not giving you that attention. You feel they're actually ignoring you and you're very vulnerable at that time. Um, you tend to be hard on yourself, feeling hopeless, lack of self-worth and the blame, the blaming game. You mentioned a um, mindset that we would that helps us to break from the, from the victim mentality. Take yourself to the basics. We have to get to the basics in order to learn more about ourselves. Gratitude, love yourself, stay true to yourself. Now, these are just some of the things that I actually put down whilst I was discussing with Pixoli. And there's more to it. You can always go on repeat and watch it again. It's always nice to actually watch something on repeat. It's like, um, how could I say it? When you're eating one day old food, biryani, it always tastes better the next day. <laughs> so I'm just going to go online onto Facebook uh, and check whether we have any, um, any questions for Chiksoli. And yeah, it was actually a very informative talk. I really enjoyed this talk. Let's see. And sometimes our audience, they are shy, but I'm hoping this time they're not. Okay. I'm just gonna do something and just read out some of the, the comments. You can actually go on again and read it out. Minisha says, you are, you are strong, strong, well done on overcoming your challenges. Radhika says, thank you, Chiksoli, for sharing so authentically. Bhakti Rasa says, dearest Chiksoli, thank you for sharing and uh, so sincerely, happy to see your journey grow only for the better. Malani says, you are so brave. This breaks my heart hearing you speak about your loss. Sadhu Das says, Chiksoli, what role does um, oh yeah, he's got a question for you. Chiksoli, what role does God, as, as God played in your healing or change in your life? We'll come back to that. Um, okay, Shireen says, what a strong young lady. 
yeah, and that's about it. Oh my God, okay. Um, okay, let's go to the question uh, uh, from Sadhu. I'll just say, I'll read it out again for you. What role does God, as, as God played in your healing or changed your life? Okay, so it's probably played the biggest role in my life. And when I was going through those hardships, um, you know, there was a time where, where I was very bitter with God. And, you know, I, I, I was wondering if, the, if there's a higher power, how could this higher power put you through all of this? And I actually, I, I saw something on Facebook the other day and it, and it put it all together. Uh, there was a couple, a man and a woman, and um, they were together for 80 years. And this woman had, um, I think it's Alzheimer's, and she, she couldn't remember anything. And her husband continued to hold her hand um, and then people were asking, you know, why are you doing that? She doesn't even know who you are. She can't remember you, but you continue to take care of her um, so lovingly. And, and his response was, yes, she, she doesn't remember me, but I remember her. So uh, the role that the Lord has played in my life is um, sometimes we forget, but he doesn't forget us. And when we go in through all these lessons, you know, it, it teaches you that you attach to the wrong things. And um, I think, you know, there's another saying that, you know, those that are favored by the Lord find their path shredded with thorns. Um, and I've always found that. So, you know, it made me start counting my blessings and, and be so grateful because this, this Lord loves me. He, he wants to clean me up. He wants me to learn these lessons. He wants me to value myself. He wants me to love myself the way he loves me. So um, turning towards that higher power and meditation and yoga and it, 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 it played a huge role in my life. Thank you so much for that. Um, you may hear some background noise from my side. I live near a mosque. So that's the background music. We're in prayer right now. Um, so there's one more question from Gopal. Gopal Nadesan. He says, you mentioned that you felt that life was pointless at one stage. Have you managed to find purpose game yes definitely so as i mentioned you know uh, i had to go back to the beginning and and not worry about the big things like shelter and money and um i had to i had to start living life day by day um from the basics and you know um life has this way of making you compare yourself with others you know when i when i turn back now i see that i had it all it was always there and i wish my mother could actually listen to this video now because this was what she was always telling me you're gorgeous and you're pretty and you know you you're smart and intelligent and, and I used to take it for granted and I used to think oh this is my mother you know she has to say these things um so yes uh, I had to go back and, and and actually discover my purpose again and yeah like through playing and coloring I was coloring at one stage yeah coloring books and 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 learning about the things that made me happy um it did actually give me purpose and um and also, I, I learned to take it one day at a time. So, you know, we're so preoccupied with either living in the past uh, and, you know, that brings depression and anxiety uh, because if you're living in the future. So I believe that there's a higher power and, you know, I am exactly where I need to be and I am being taken care of. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't actually worry too much about the future. Beautifully said, and I actually do agree with you on that. 
Um, okay, there's one more from Nisha. She says, "I'm so happy that I'm so I'm so happy that you are at a point in your life, and you realize that you come first. What others think don't matter. You need to have be happy for yourself first. Things change. Nothing stays the same. God bless, my darling. Always here for you. That's beautifully said, Nisha. And yes, when we actually have uh, supporting friends and family like this." We all, it's actually uh, a support structure and everyone needs, every community actually needs support structure, whether it's community, whether it's friends, whether it's family, to actually flourish in life. Some people are actually not that fortunate to actually have all of this, but with just getting a smile from somebody on the street or maybe a place of work does actually help you in whatever challenges that you may be going through. Um, so we actually come to the end of our discussion I'm really grateful to Chiksoli for taking this um, leap of strength to actually uh, be on this platform, share all of her experiences in a journey with us. So uh, we actually had a lot of our viewers that actually did partake, ask questions, send beautiful messages. Chiksoli will go on uh, afterwards to answer if any other question that we were missed, we do apologize. And um, yeah, she will actually be able to engage with you there. But Chiksoli, what would you say, or can you share with us any tools that's helped you in your journey? Um, okay, so just as some last words, um, you don't have to be famous. Um, you, you don't have to follow a timeline. You, you don't have to always have your ducks in a row. Um, what you want, somebody else may not want, vice versa. You may actually have uh, a corporate job and you may be earning a lot of money and you may actually just want to be a housewife. And, and whereas that housewife is thinking, you know, I wish I was in the corporate and famous and, you know, my, my life was more exciting. So, so firstly, do not compare your life with anybody else on this planet. Um, not your friends, not your colleagues, not your family members. Um, you are unique. So remember that, you know, start counting your blessings. Um, you know, that, that saying, whatever you focus on expands. So focus, what you, what you do, focus on what you do have. Practice gratitude. Be grateful. Um, you know, don't wait for the universe to push you into situations like I had to go in. Um, realize and start seeing how blessed you are already. Uh, it's the small things, you know. Start appreciating the small things. Um, and lastly, I also want to say, um, don't be afraid of hitting rock bottom. So rock bottom has built um, so many more champions than privilege ever has. Um, and some of the people who um, had had to overcome their biggest adversities, um, you know, go through the hardest challenges are the, are the ones that we can take so much strength from, mm -hmm. such as, you know, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Nelson Mandela, Louise Hay, Renee Brown. Um, if they had not gone through the hardships that they ha had gone through, um, we wouldn't have these role models who have taught and instilled so much, so much values in us. Um, so basically, I just want to say, own your story. You know, don't be ashamed of your scars. And whether it was trauma that you had to go through or a painful experience, a death of a loved one, or you are not feeling good enough, or, you know, you're suffering from something like depression. You know, life is what you make of it. So, um, yes, it's true that somebody may have hurt you as a child. Um, but as an adult, you are cent percent responsible for the forgiveness, the healing work, 
um, and being true to yourself. So, you know, take back your power. Um, stop worrying about who's in your corner and who's not in your corner and who you have to please and who you don't have to please. Mm -hmm. First, start being in your own corner. Um, yeah, so if you, if you do that, um, uh, you'll make it through. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm not sure whether you did mention your parting thoughts over there because I am going to be asking you if you have anything else to share just to leave our audience with before getting there. Um, I'm not sure whether you do want to because I normally ask each of my guests if they want to share social links for our audience wherever they can connect with you um, because you are a very inspiring person and I'm sure they would really benefit by whatever advice, whatever inspiration that you can share with them. You want to share your links? Okay, so on Instagram, uh, my handle is at Chicksoli, C-I-K-S-O-L-I. -I. Um, on Facebook, I, you can get me as Chicksoli Dasi or Berlin Nagia. Um, you can also email me if you like. My email address is V-A-L-Val, that's my surname, N-A-G-I-A-H at gmail.com. Um, so just as a disclaimer, I, I'm obviously not um, a therapist uh, or any sort of mental health professional. Um, but what I can do is I can be a listening ear and I am definitely willing to push you in the right direction. So if you are going through something very difficult, um, you know, just having somebody listen to you um, and, and give you some direction is, is very helpful. So yeah, I, I'm willing to do that if you want to connect with me. Um, we, I do see another question on Facebook. Let's, let's answer it if you can, uh, but if you're not comfortable in answering it, that's also okay. This is from Alexia J. De Silva. She asks, did you really have no support when your mom died? Okay, to tell you the truth, yes. Wow. Um, it, it could have been the fact that um, everybody was mourning her death in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister and I actually had a conversation a few weeks ago and she was angry about the things that I had done on the funeral day. And I actually didn't shed a tear, yet this woman was so close to me. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, I shed, I shed a it took me two months to shed a tear. Um, so everybody deals with things differently. Um, mm -hmm. So I can't really blame anybody and say that, you know, um, not everybody was there for me. They were all obviously processing everything on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as for my cousins, um, you know, I, I felt bitter initially, but you know, like in retrospect, I realized that they were also lost an auntie and everybody was going through so much and, and maybe um, people didn't know what to say. So yeah, I, I actually did find myself very lost and, and lonely at that time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. By saying that uh, everyone deals with death differently, and I actually do agree with you on that as well. Um, because, I mean, recently I actually lost two uh, members of our family, and I know everyone is dealing with it differently because we have different relationships with these people. Um, and like uh, you and your mom, you were not just mother and daughter, you were also best friends. So, yes. Um, Yes, we actually come to the end of our discussion. It went longer than normal, um, which is also good because we don't have control of everything. And I guess this discussion was very much needed. <laughs> so that is why it actually went um, overboard. 
Do, do you have any parting thoughts for us? Something that you can leave um, our audience and myself with, with this evening? And uh, maybe we can actually meditate on it and it could help us in whatever challenges we may be going through. So there's one more thing I wanted to share. Um, when people used to tell me, you know, gratitude, be grateful, and um, so much more things would come into your life, I could never get that concept. And I stumbled upon a realization recently, maybe like two months ago, and, and I thought about it. Um, I had this beautiful purse to give away. And there were two, two of my friends that I, I chose to give it to. Well, the choice was between the two. So the one, she's a bit boring and, you know, she doesn't like purses. She doesn't really, you know, own purses or if I gave it to her, it might sit in the back of her closet. Um, and the second person, um, they had a lot of purses and they actually loved it. And, um, you know, they, they, they love fashion or, or whatever it is. So, you know, the choice was between giving it to somebody who didn't have and somebody who did have a lot and would appreciate it. So I actually chose to give it to my friend um, that already had because, you know, I knew that she would appreciate it and I would see that smile on her face and, you know, she would get all bubbly and excited when she received this, as opposed to the person who didn't have, but, you know, I think if you gave it to them, they wouldn't have also appreciated it. So I think that's exactly how gratitude works in the universe. Um, the more grateful you are, the more you will attract things to be grateful for, you know, everything's going to land on your lap. Even if you, you, you need to start being grateful for the little things. Um, and, and that's the irony in life, you know, that's why the rich get richer and the, sometimes the poor get poorer because they, they continuously focus on, you know, uh, the lack of, or, or they off. So when you count your blessings and, and you see that example, you'll see that's exactly how the universe works. It, the more happy you are, the more chances it's going to give you to be happy. So, um, yeah, if I could leave you with that thought. So just be grateful and appreciate everything that you have. Thank you. And so again, such, so such beautiful words and beautifully said as well. We come to the end of our talk for, uh, for today. Thank you to our listeners for listening in and yeah, just sacrificing your time from your busy Thursday evening just to be with us here today. Thank you for everyone that engaged in our discussion, the questions, the comments, well, everything. And we appreciate you, I appreciate you, and I'm sure our speaker for this, for this evening also appreciates you. Um, so Chicksoli will come on, um, onto the comment section and uh, type in um, social media links where you can find her. Thank you so much Chicksoli for being with us this evening and um, just taking us through your journey. Um, again, I'm, I'm actually speechless because it's one roller coaster that you've been through, but it actually shaped you into the strong woman that you are today. And with that, you're going to be inspiring so many more people. And I'm actually grateful to have you as a friend. Um, and that friendship is actually growing because of the strength that you have and the love that you give. So thank you once again. Bye-bye. Thank you.